Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Dent, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Way Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neolothotep in an interim adventure. And so we'll get our show on the rails tonight. But first, introductions to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, I have things to do. You do have things to do. Uh, to uh, Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I could really use some rest. Again, more rest. It's as if you've been through a traumatic event. I know. Uh, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I'm just about sick of England. You know what? Uh, interestingly enough, it appears England might be sick of you. Mm-hmm. And last but most certainly not least. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and he has preparations to prepare. Mm, indeed. You have many and many things to do. Uh, so we're going to raise the curtain tonight on London, midday, mostly because the investigators have probably slept in after some of the events of the recent past. And now that they've uh, spent a night in London, they're preparing for their well, for their journey on the Orient Express. And so we'll start with Miss O'Shea, who is going to return to a local tailor she visited last time in hopes of uh, retrieving a very specific garb. Yes. So the tailor uh, in, in London, in one of these small marketplace, uh, tiny little shops, presents to you the silken robe with the embroidery taken out of it. You can see visually that they've done an excellent job. They have curtailed and, and removed all of the, uh, the overlay stitching and the design work, but you can also tell that there's a massive void there. Uh, and they tell you that uh, as, as fine as the fabric is, until you make some sort of change to it, it obviously will not look as it once did, but that the Ankh is gone. I have plans. I just don't have time. And time is some very, very valuable thing these days. I will thank them a lot for their hard work and uh, make sure to pay them and a little extra from what I can afford. Well, you're not beyond your means by um, in this regard. You've got money as necessary. Yeah, I just, I don't have, like, you know, I'm not, like, making it rain. Well, not yet. That's a different spell. <laughs> so, uh, you collect the garment and kind of feel the fabric b- between your fingers for a moment. And even though the Ankh is gone, there's still a, a feeling here. This this robe still calls to be worn. Like you can feel like, even against your skin, just touching it makes you feel like, oh, I really want to put this back on. But this is really not the place for that. Right. So, uh, but you collect it and uh, bid the shopkeeper a good day. And then hustle back, I would imagine, to the hotel. Yes. Okay. So the hotel chosen is one that is relatively close to Victoria Station, Mr. Doyle. And uh, as you have undoubtedly become aware of, if you weren't aware of before, Victoria Station's really busy. Uh, But you've been tipped off through some of the uh, papers and some of the information you got from the ticket booth that it appears that the the train that leaves the station for the Cali Ferry uh, has its own, it has its own platform. It has its own specialized platform where this um, express train is supposed to leave from. Uh, knowing that, 
uh, you're expecting that uh, the train will probably be pretty close to full. And so the departure time that is listed as 2.30 is probably a pretty hard 2.30. There's likely now no flexibility in that. Uh, but the morning has been pretty forgiving. Uh, your, your body's healed to the point where even some of the soreness from the, the previous couple of nights is, is starting to relent. Your shoulder still hurts a little bit from the Thompson. Um, you're not someone who, even through the testing and the trialing of firing off the weapon, you were not used to that much. Right, and then the uh, um, the adrenaline helped uh, mask most of that during the fight. Yeah, uh, something that you become familiar with in, in war, and even in some cases during some of the harder detective work you did in Chicago. But it, it is sometimes hard to close your eyes and not see some of the imagery from the Glen and from the inside of the house or Simone's arm. Just some of those things are un, unmistakable. Yeah. I'm probably back to uh, drinking myself to sleep. <laughs> probably. You're not alone in that regard either. Uh, it seems that uh, others are beginning to uh, use the the bottle was a liniment for their minds. And speaking of, uh, Doctor, you managed to get through and get to sleep last night without too much, but the hotel staff here was willing to assist you when you slipped out of your room later at night you know, while your uh, compatriots had already sleep, uh, fallen asleep. Excellent. I'm feeling okay now. You are feeling like someone who probably could use some breakfast. You realize that it's likely late for that. Mm -hmm. As the wall clock says that it's just past noon. You hadn't imagined you were going to sleep that late. You're a bit bleary. Mouth feels all cottony. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's as if someone like stuck like a jar of molasses in your mouth. No. He gets up slowly, surveys the room probably puts the cat back on the bottle or the cork back in the bottle next to him and puts it back on a shelf if it's not empty. Splash some water, get himself straightened up a bit. Straighten the room a little. Probably can't ignore the gnawing in the stomach anymore and off to find some food. Maybe someone to eat with. Well, you straighten the room a little bit around um, Hans, as you're calling mm. him, uh, who's still passed out. You had to... Ah medicate him a little bit right last night he had some trouble sleeping about two or three in the morning mm -hmm. well i then make sure i do all the same things that i said but i'm doing them very quietly which works for me because then i'll have to do them even slower so uh, you find jack in the uh, hotel cafe downstairs probably getting some coffee and um, something to eat while uh, he takes his mind off things with the london papers he's probably scouring them a little bit looking for anything on the um, Fitzroy case okay uh, gesture to a server as I sit down at the table uh, good morning Jack but I said good talk I suppose yes it's uh, morning's just about expired uh, so I see how are you to stay um I'm conscious well how are you uh, today I can barely say the same thing. I hardly feel conscious myself. It is like someone replaced my brain with some sort of pudding. But I suppose it's something I've done to myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, take it from me, uh, you'll get used to that. you get better at it. Glad it doesn't, at least that part does not last forever. <laughs> so, where are we going, Jack? How are we going to get there? I mean, I know we're going on by this train. And I'm thankful for that because I do not want to go by water at all, if I can help it. Yeah, no. But, uh, I mean, where are we going once we get to Egypt? It's a very big place. Well, we'll start in Cairo. I mean, I don't think any of us have been there, so there's no way yeah. for us to know exactly what we're doing. We do have some clues we can start working off. A few of them in Cairo themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
um, perhaps we are just timing for us to find a place to stay once we get there and some connections. As you said, we do not know the place, so we will have to be waiting, you know, someone to take us around. Right. I was going to say, why is, why is just us two? We need to uh, talk about a couple of things. That's funny, Jack. I was going to say so almost exactly the same thing. Well, um, I think first I want to bring up uh, Miss O'Shea. Doc's face clouds a little. Yeah. I don't know what exactly is going on with her. And, you know, I don't know how much you know, but I saw something that disturbed me a little bit in the manor. What did you see, Jack? Well, I mean, it only happened for a moment, so I can't be entirely certain that it did happen, but it almost seemed like uh, she blinked twice with two sets of eyelids. One horizontal, Mm. one vertical, much like a snake would. Really? That is troubling and we know that there's a price for power and I can only assume that what she's been doing and we know what she's been doing yeah is gonna have a very high cost I cannot think of a way to tell her that there is a check that she will eventually have to pay that bill that that perhaps would be too the, the cost would be more than she has in her bank if you know what I'm saying right yeah we need to find a way if we can uh, dissuade her from doing things like summoning giant snakes from the ether yeah yeah I'm when you're a hammer Jack you consistently look for nails that is what you do yeah maybe maybe we can uh, maybe we can uh, persuade her to delve into some lesser uh, mystery so Exactly. We give her more delicate tools. Something a little less mm, sneaky. Is that a verb? <laughs> sure. Why not? Zerp- serpentine? serpentine? Whatever. You're understanding what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Jack, you understand that I want to tell you things that I am knowing about Miss O'Shea, but I cannot because she is my patient and I'm not allowed to say anything about her condition directly. I, I, I understand, and I'm not asking you to. I'm just saying if there's any way that you can see through that you might want to try to help persuade her, I don't know exactly what's going on. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I... But I'm, I'm guessing there's probably something physical since we've already I've already seen physical evidence. I wouldn't be able to tell you any details about the physical evidence that I have seen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's enough. Miss O'Shea, you walk back in. You see the doctor and uh, Jack having coffee. Do they look guilty? No, I'm kidding. I'm probably <laughs> not paying attention. They, they always look guilty. I know, right? <laughs> Doc looks con- consistently slightly guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pretend like she would pay attention. Yeah, I'm probably just going to go carefully um, store my robe and then come down and... She comes with a big shopping bag. You can't see what's in it. Women. I see you've been out about the town, taking advantage of the the shopping one more time, yeah? No, I just had some repairs to have made. Duck retains the smile, but slightly raises an eyebrow. Repairs? Well, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to wear a giant inverted onk on the front. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm supposing it did not. It was not very becoming on me. I must say, face not want not. I'm gonna go put this away. I'll be back down. I should probably have a snack before we leave. All right, I will order something for all of us. If you can get uh, Miss Lane while you're up there, we need to start looking at getting moving. Sure. Speaking of, uh, Miss Lane, you are enjoying what might be one of the last civilized baths you have in some time. You've been up for a while now. You've already eaten breakfast. You've seen to many things. Um, 
in preparation for the trip, and you figured that a 2.30 departure from Victoria Station gave you more than enough time to enjoy the hotel's hot water. Because even though you'd scrubbed clean at Walton on the Nays, a, a proper bath was something that you were looking forward to. And so that's where you are. I'm still feeling very exhausted from the last few days. What is what is the date today? Probably late February, so one of the last weeks in February. I want to say it's 23rd-ish, 22nd, 23rd-ish. Yeah. Realizing that we do have to get going soon, mm-hmm. um, I raise myself from the, the tub and um, throw a robe around me. I decide, you know, I, I look in the mirror and I can see that I have black, you know, dark circles under my <laughs> face. I look, if my family saw me now, I, they would just not even be able to recognize me. Um, I throw my hair up in a, you know, I, I towel it off and, you know, just throw my hair up in a, in a quick bun um, and toss on some, obviously dry off, because it's kind of what you do. And I throw on some traveling pants and a blouse. Pairs of traveling pants did you bring So freaking many. Because I gotta wonder. The one got torn up. That's correct. That is. I, I think I brought like like three. And you realize you're gonna have to shop at some point. But luckily I for know. you, you are heading to Paris. Oh, see? And I will shop in Paris when mm. we get there. I'm not right. thinking about that at the moment. but You're thinking about going out. Yes. Because I don't think I've sent off my letter to no. Mr. Ramsey yet. You need to do that. I do. Um, so I, I don't put on any makeup or anything because I'm just, to me right now, I don't feel like there's any point. There's no right. reason. I'm not here to impress anybody. And Sure. I'm just too tired. Makes sense. Then I'm trying to finish packing too, so I'm assuming Mabel will be by it. Yeah. So you're heading out to release the letter? I am. I did write it after I woke up this morning after not being able to sleep. And... Um, going to send that off to Mr. Ramsey. Okay. Now you, the hotel can take care of it for you. They can post it yes. if that's what you want. Yes, I, that that's perfectly fine. I, I will take it down to the front desk. Yeah, that's when the you probably see, maybe you probably see Lillian as uh, she walks down the hallway. You would immediately notice that she doesn't look like she's prepared herself for the day other than putting on clothes. This is not something that looks something's off. Hi. Maeve. Whenever you're ready, we're all gonna grab a bite before we have to go to the station. Okay, I I will meet you guys in the cafe. I just have to take care of something first. Okay. Then I will head up to my room and carefully put my things away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've already partially packed, but... Yeah, I would imagine that, that you would that anyone would have unpacked very much because Mm-mm. you knew that the next day you were getting back right on the road, so to speak. The one thing I did make sure that I was wearing when mm-hmm. we left was the, the Ankh necklace that I took from, uh, from Gavigan. Gavigan. Okay. But it is underneath my blouse, so it's not just hanging there. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, you call me reckless and she's just going to wear some necklace? Well, I don't know if it's just some necklace. How are you hiding that? It's underneath my blouse. Yeah. How, uh, yeah, but how are you hiding this? I have a really. And is this really that. something you would wear? I, f- I feel very drawn to it. Um, you head down to the front desk, Lillian, and um, why don't you give me a hard power roll? I'm sorry, we were admiring the Ankh necklace. Yes, that's fine. In no, real life, it, it is to be admired. It is. It is really pretty. Wonderful work of one of our patron supporters amber you want me to do a power roll you said i do is a hard power roll okay i do it well i got a 50 out of 50 okay so it's a it's a successful roll but it's not a it's not a hard success okay deal with the folks at the front desk you let them know that you've got a letter to send you see a bunch of newspapers off to your left there's just a collection of stories that are going on there's papers here from all over so there's german papers here there's papers from france that sort of thing is there any papers that catch my eye yeah there's a paper uh from france it looks like it's dated a couple of it looks like it's dated a couple of days ago and there's a story here that just as you're waiting for them to get back from 
getting you the rest of the things that you need for sending the letter. And what catches your eye is that there's a small little news story here that talks about there's something loose on the streets of Paris. I grab the paper. Okay. Looks like something that might be interesting. It does. You can see also that uh, Jack and the doctor are not too far away. That must be what Miss O'Shea was referring to. Did they come back for my with my stuff for the letter yet? Yeah, they did. Okay. I um, finished writing the envelope up and everything mm-hmm. with Mr. Ramsey's address. And hand it to the front desk person and, mm-hmm. you know, ask them if they could please, you know, put that out to post. They will. Thank you. I don't know. I'm just feeling kind of like I just don't care anymore. Hmm. I just, not that I don't care about, I just want to go like stab something. I think it's fun. So you're feeling like a welling of frustration and yeah. an anger uh, over what happened? Couldn't save my friend? Nope. I don't feel like I can save anybody at this point. Got Maeve making snakes eat an orgy of people. Got Jack setting sh- stuff on fire and killing people. I seem to remember that you fired a rifle more than a shotgun more than a few times in that. I feel a little guilty because I, sh- I shot Mr. Forsyth in the back and now he's dead. He forgave you. He forgave me and I did apologize to him. You did. But none of the rest of the group knows that that happened. That's right. I have the paper and I go and I slap it on the table in front of Jack and, and the doctor. Whack. See a French paper on the table. Do you see this? It's in French. Do you not read French? No, I don't read French. Well, Who reads God French? Sakes, man. Really? Well, the French. Yeah. We're going to Paris. So? All right, so... You're going to Egypt. I don't read Arabic either. I'm starting to a little bit. I'm working on it. <laughs> Anyhow, what does it say? Look, this could be right up our alley. They're talking about something running wild through the streets? I... The paper's um, more salacious section lists a rumor from a late night um, a late night club or bar that uh, supposedly someone saw a figure, a person on the one of the one of the places near the catacombs of Paris that the person was su- this person reportedly was supposedly digging a body up in the middle of the night. And the rumor continues reported in the story that there were several loud, like bestial noises that were coming from the graveyard afterwards. And it sounded like a pack of ravenous dogs eating something. It was probably just dogs. Then we know that usually what sounds like dogs is probably just dogs. That's been our experience up to this point, yeah? Was it just dogs and Darby? Of course not. That is what I'm saying. But, I mean, just because we are going somewhere and there is strangeness on the streets does not necessarily mean it is our job to take care of it. Yeah? I guess, while I do want to help people, he puts his hand on the newspaper. Is this what we do? She kind of just looks like her face is like surprise Pikachu face. It's just there's no. It kind of <laughs> is. It is. What's the name of the club in the paper? Uh, it does. So since I didn't get to go to the Blue Pyramid Club, I'd really like to stop at this club when we go to Paris. Sure. I'm just going to uh, preface this conversation by saying I survived France once, and I'll be damned if I go back there and die in France. We'll make sure that you at least do not die in France. Jack. I appreciate okay. that. Thank well, you. Well, at least drag yeah. you across yeah. the border <laughs> first. <laughs> uh, Mr. Shea, you return. Having stowed your various sundry things. Why don't you give me a hard spot hidden roll? No, it's a 64 out of 75. Okay. Yeah, there's something with... Something's not right. You're not sure what it is. You sit down. You sit down a little unsettled because there's something off about this picture. And you're not sure what it is. I just start eyeing everybody. Oh, there's a French paper on the table. Oh, what's it say? Because I can read it. 
yeah, you get the gist of some strange story out of the of what we would call the uh, yellow, more yellow papers, meaning the rumor mills and gossips that there was some sort of strange occurrence at one of the Paris graveyards. It looks like there was some they, someone's reporting a monster, which is crazy, but maybe not. I don't think anybody can here can say think anything's crazy. I think everybody here at this table would at first plus go, that's crazy, and then go, wait, (laughs) maybe not. You're not completely over the edge just yet, but many of you are now close. So are we going monster hunting? We can look into it. I'm sure it's nothing. Oh, I'm going monster hunting. I mean, I find it hard to believe that every city we go to is going to be infested with monsters of some type. Um, what if it's just the way the world is? Behind yeah. the curtain. Jack, the very fact that you just said that you are sure it is nothing, you know, almost guarantees that it was something. Haven't you learned that by now? Come on. <laughs> Still, if there are innocents being harmed, or is there danger of such? Now that we know, we cannot turn our back on it. Yes, I, we will look into it. Okay? But, you know, we are going somewhere to Egypt yeah after Paris mm-hmm I'm just I don't want to spend you know a month in Paris tracking down what could be or could not be something important we could do this in like one night no we we might I don't know if everybody is up to that do we need everybody sober for this well the, as you look around you realize that Simone is not here with you I just look around and think that not everybody came out of this okay. And I'm not talking about just one person. I just don't know how soon we want to go back out monster hunting when we have all these other clues to take care of before somebody packs up and goes home. Well, how many days is it going to take us to get to Paris? Actually, the trip from London today... Uh, it's about eight hours. Oh. oh, Lily can totally be fine. In it. Well, we also get in there late because we're leaving what two thirty. So maybe monster hunting is just what we need to. Some of us might need that to get us back to somewhere functional. You seem uh, kind of uh, really eager to do this. Lily looks like she hasn't gotten any sleep. She's kind of just all caffeinated up, and maybe just like swaying but she can't sit still I don't I don't feel like what happened at Gavigan's place that wasn't a win that, that just it wasn't a win for us I agree thankfully we are not playing a sport but I understand your meaning perhaps perhaps what we do need is to research this and to get ourselves a win as you said but I so far think that everything that we have dug into has turned out to be slightly more complicated and more intricate than we originally thought so perhaps that is what you're looking for if not that then perhaps simple vengeance and I would not none of us would judge you for that after what happened at Gavigan's place we all have a taste for some revenge inside of us somewhere We just need to make sure that if we are going to go, as you say, monster hunting, that we are doing it for the right reasons, and that it is not taking us further down a darker path that we do not or or cannot come back from. He kind of looks around the table. Where's that waitress? Do you need some coffee, Doctor? I would love some coffee, please. Danke. Without anything extra in it? It's just coffee, fine. Just coffee for now, yeah. I'll go find you some. She bounces away to find a... Yeah, it isn't hard to find. And once you look around a couple of times, then when you stand up, uh, someone from the service staff comes over and fills coffee and gets you the things that you need. They apologize. Nothing to be sorry about. Thank you. I will say, Doctor, some some people, when they uh, they've gone through a an event such as we have, they feel the need to act. Oh, yeah. Physical exertion and physical activity is a natural 
a recourse for the grieving process, yeah? And nor is it a bad part of it. We just make sure that our efforts are still noble, if you're seeing what I mean, Jack. Right. Like I said, we can we can poke into this a little bit if we find something that might... I am not opposed. I am just making sure that the well-being of everyone involved is still being observed, if you get my meaning. And he pats Maeve's hand as he says that. I glare at you. He doesn't even look at her. He just pats her hand casually and then goes back to what he's talking about. Since the four of us are here, I want to bring up something else. Simone or Hans or whoever he is being called today. What's going on there? Because if we're going to continue throwing ourselves in some kind of danger as we are, I would rather not be doing it next to a complete madman. Oh, of course, I and I understand that, Jack. I will take our time on the train to use what I have learned of the human mind. I will help him as much as I can in every way that I can. I believe he is simply searching for who he is, but at his core, it seems that his values have not changed. It is merely his identity that he is having a trouble finding. So, I do believe that I can give him quite a bit of help, and don't worry, um, we, we will talk on the train extensively. Uh, I will do what I can, Jack, and then I will tell you the answer by the time perhaps we get to Paris. I should be able to have give you some idea as to whether Hans is trustworthy, or what is your, what is your saying, a basket of fruit? Yeah. All right, that's like I, like I said, I, I just want to be make sure, sure that he is at least on some kind of even keel. I don't, I don't mind going in with somebody who's a little uh, touched in the head. Well, but, uh, he was in the in the military after all. Right, not every person in the military is sane. Yeah, but I just would rather not go with somebody who is completely off his rocker. It is my professional opinion at this moment that he is trustworthy. He's just confused. Because I don't really want to cut him loose because he's um, a fanatic, and I would be yeah. worried that he would also he would still follow, come along, and we keep running into him. Mm. So I would rather have him with us and against us. Yeah. So you do the best you can, Doctor. It's better to be at the right end of the devil than in his path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You all finish up eating. You get your coffees, you prepare your things. It's probably around two o'clock or so, and you realize that Victoria Station, while not far, is uh, is calling. Yeah, we gotta get going. So you collect your things. The uh, porter at the hotel helps you get your bags collected into um, a London taxi or two, and you head to Victoria Station. If you've never been, Victoria Station is a massive building. Uh, it is one of the most, probably one of the, the largest stations you've been to outside of, say, probably outside of some Union stations or, or uh, some of the stuff in New York that you saw. A wide array of trains, people coming and going, and uh, getting to the platform, which has your special Calais coach, is not too far. Folks line up. Porters take bags. Everyone gets their choice, essentially, of what is going to be stowed and what's going to bring with. There's uh, very little in the way of personal storage. You're not getting a, an overhead compartment by any means. You're you're getting uh, for this this journey anyway. So they they tell you that this journey is about four hours, right? So there are some sleeping compartments in it, but it's. It's more or less a train you sit and ride and ride the countryside on until you get to the ferry. During that four or so hour period, what are you doing? Being by myself. Entirely? Yes. It's going to be very difficult on train. I meant by myself without the rest of them. Okay. So you're purposely sitting somewhere else? Yes. Okay. Miss Lane? I plopped down next to Jack mm -hmm. 
because I'm assuming Doctor's going to be with Simone. His patient, most likely, yes. Yes, and I don't want to be alone. Okay. But I don't want to talk to Jack either. I mean, I will. I brought some papers. You can read a paper. Okay. Well, I have the French paper, so I'll probably, you know, not for the whole four hours, but... Yeah, you, you'll burn through that paper pretty quick. You yeah. start borrowing some of uh, Miss O'Shea's books. Mm. I only have one with me, and it's in my satchel. No, I'm sorry. I have the two that are always with me. Right. And then one. But we got a whole bunch of new books that I'm going to have to go through. And... They're in storage right now. I will cut you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only reason you have all those books. That's true. Go look at your statues. The countryside is rather beautiful, especially at this speed. Once this train churns its way out of Victoria Station, it crosses the Thames and then hits the countryside. And the landscape around you blooms greens. Beautiful shades. Beautiful farmland. And the burning, stinking engine the belly of England itself, which is the more industrial heart of London, is left far, far behind. And it's a good feeling. There's a, a clean feeling that comes from getting into the countryside, Miss Lane. It almost feels like you're taking a different sort of bath altogether. The train is very well made, but it's not airtight. And so there is this lingering country air smell that eventually takes over pleasant pleasant green if I take a deep breath and close my eyes and exhale and just kind of feel some of the tension leave my body as I'm leaving London behind yeah it's not the um, exit that you were wanting but it is the exit that is available to you and uh, the serving uh, the the train's staff does make themselves available as far as drinks and uh, any sort of additional sundry items you might need. So things like pipe tobacco, cigarettes, etc. And bourbon. And bourbon, sure. That's what I get. Yeah, after an hour or so, you're way looser. Con- country air and bourbon, and you are relaxed. You feel your neck unknot finally after about three days. Jack, make me a hard spot hidden roll. Oh, I missed. I I, I, I made a successful roll, just right. not hard. Just not hard. Okay, very good. Uh, so, Miss O'Shea, you went to uh, get some time to yourself. What are you doing with it? Mostly people watching and then reading about a wizard and his adventures. <laughs> okay. So... There's a lot to read in this book. There's a lot to cover. So my question to you is, what are you after? Whatever knowledge I come across. Well, it's not just stories, though, in the Book of Yvonne. Right. I have uncovered, like, the one spell. Mm -hmm. And I want to know other spells, other things, other forms of protection. There's a lot I'm kind of looking for. So, I mean, it's kind of like I'm kind of just starting at the front Mm -hmm. and going through what I can as I go through it, if that makes sense. So, like, I'll take, like, each chapter and study it thoroughly and then move to the next one because I feel like there's a lot in between the pages and things that I can find. Yeah, there's definitely a lot here. You're reading in one chapter where the uh, wizard has uh, crafted a spell which allows him to subjugate gravity to his whim. And it came about because... He knew he had to go in search of a a rare component on a very tall mountain and a very sheer cliff. And his body was not strong enough to climb up the rock face. And so he devised a series of incantations and methods which will allow him to float above the floor of this valley area and rise all the way up. To the top of the mountain where these special herbs grew. And he goes into great detail about how how the incantations and the realizations that they bring allow him to visualize his body as something that is lighter than air itself. Definitely interesting. Why don't you make me an intelligence roll? 
42 out of 90. <laughs> All right. You begin on your way down to gather up some of this, some of what he's getting at. And you can see even through the lines of these handwritten pages, you can see that there's there are words here if you're looking through the shadow uh, that this afternoon sun casts on them. And so you end up kind of curling into a, a bit of a ball and enforcing the sun in at these directing points. And you begin seeing this text, this underlaid text. And it takes you a good couple of hours, but you begin to read through it and understand what Ibon is talking about. And if the sun wasn't in this position, and it wasn't casting a light on these pages at this exact angle, you'd probably never have seen it. Lucky me. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the details of that uh, spell working a little later. I'll put it in the spell book. That's what I was looking for earlier, because I keep trying to put my spells in there, but I'm running out of page. Like, it won't fit out one page. Sure. Yeah, you have a spell book. Dangerous stuff. Um, Doctor, for the length of the train journey here, at least to the Calais Ferry, what are you doing? Simone obviously is, well, Hans is with us currently. You said it was going to be how many hour ride to get, are we going to be on the train to get to Calais? Uh, the train down there is about four hours. You'll arrive a little bit before seven. I guess um, I'll probably sit and talk to Hans for the lion's share. And maybe after about two hours, I'll uh, come out and stretch legs a bit and carouse, check out the countryside, breathe a sigh of relief because we finally left England. Hmm. Well, you've left uh, London proper. You haven't technically left England to get on the ferry, but... Right. But we've left London, which is the brain of England, so... That's yeah, very true. That's, <laughs> it's, it feels good for the doctor just to be away from that whole area. Okay. Um, and then I guess he's going to probably maybe find another cup of coffee. and Easy to do. Uh, yep, let Hans rest for a little bit after our first discussion. Okay, sounds good. If any of the other group find him, he's probably got his tie taken off and his sleeves rolled up, which is fairly unusual for him. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He looks like he's in work mode, which is probably a little strange for people. Right, it's that they haven't seen the side of him in a while. No. He also probably has a couple of his um, psych books, hmm. what do exist at this point. So, sure, <laughs> you know, he's making notes in a notebook. Okay, so some hours pass, and it's uh, very much a, a slow, a slender slope downwards as you get towards the ferry. The stewards and staff on the train let you know that. Uh, the ferry is going to leave for mainland France in roughly about 25 minutes. It's about a 10-minute walk from when you get off the train here to the ferry. And there might be the occasional taxi or bus or something like that around, but they can't always guarantee that. So you'll want to gather your things and then make your way directly down. They, they tell you it's literally a straight walk down towards the uh, the shoreline for the ferry. I'm finally getting to see the White Cliffs of Dover. I have heard so much about them in tale and song, but you know they are quite impressive, actually. Hmm. So you make for the ferry. It's not a bad walk. It's mostly downhill, which is easy. It's interesting because it you, you almost feel like you're a line of ants a little bit. Because there's so many people leaving from the train. There's probably a good 20 or so people leaving from your train to, to walk down there towards the ferry to Calais. And you stand in another line. And you do what everyone in England loves doing, which is queuing. After a short queue, you get a ride on a ferry. The ferry itself is a rather wide vessel. It's got an observation deck, uh, and it has uh, an internal area where there are tables set up where you can get food, and uh, you can kind of stay out of the weather because not every channel crossing is exactly uh, to task. But why don't you all give me spot hidden rolls as you board the ferry? You wake up hard. Okay. 4,399. 
Got a 33 out of 88. That's our success. 88 out of 75. Catch your nose in that book again. No, I'm thinking about other things. 65 under 80. Okay. So, Jack, you notice that the front of the ferry here, as you board it, it looks like there's some discoloring on the front deck. Like a rather large, probably something that's must be um, probably a good 10 feet around, like a circle. And it looks like either the ferry has been repaired. This would be on the top of the deck. It looks like the ferry's either been repaired or something because that the col- the pink color is way off. It's two shades brighter. I mean, like, not the walking deck, but like... Yeah, like the nose of the, the bow of the ship. You can't see specifically from right. here, but because it's so it's so big, it's unmistakable from where you're at. Hmm. It doesn't look like it's hampering the boat in any way. It's not on the waterline. Something so, happened there. Yeah, something's not right. That doesn't look right. Miss um, Lane, you see something very similar. You can also see that the at one point it looks like the deck and the railings around there allowed people to walk the front of the ship. But that, that's been cordoned off now. Well, maybe whatever happened there is the reason they had to cordon it off. Possibly. Uh, they remind all the passengers, at least the ferry, the ferry staff reminds all passengers that passports will be checked upon entry when arrival in Calais. So just be prepared for that. And then not but maybe a few moments before 7 o'clock, they cast off. And within a few short hours of waking up in your hotel in London, you are now back on the water, headed to France. Uh, They expect the journey to Calais will not take too terribly long. It doesn't take that long to cross the the channel, but you do get some uh, opportune times again to avail yourself of either a meal, uh, which probably need to eat dinner at some point and then I guess if you are eating um, are you eating together or are people continuing no. to be separate oh my gosh oh, I see somebody's miffed Doc is sitting on the inside part of the ferry as far away from the water as he can get in the center and hasn't moved since then yeah I'd like you to make me a power roll you got it because we know that you have an aversion to water you know what? I'm gonna spend four luck if I can make if I can spend four. Oh wait, I have the ability to reroll power rolls, don't I? You do. You have iron will, so you may use your iron will if you'd like. I very much would like. I really don't want to freak out. That is a critical success. One under sixty-five. This, this crossing, this this ferry, no longer terrifies you. Like you get on, and maybe it's the feel of the. The, the text on psychology, the, the reinforcement you're doing that you worked on already with, with Hans to try to bring out who he will be has reminded you of some very fundamental things about the human will. And you take a grip on your own will and exert it over yourself. All right. Well, if that's the case, then the dock is out actually on the front of the ship, like on the, on the, the nose of the ship, like as far out as he can get because he's for once actually enjoying being out on the water and watching it go by. Okay. Yeah, that's... Jack, that probably strikes you a little strange. Eyes closed, kind of face to the wind, like hanging out of a dock out of a window. So are you continuing to read then on the ferry ride over? I'm going to actually get a meal and uh, be lost in my own thoughts for a little while. Sure. Because it's not going to take that long, so I don't want to get that involved in a book or anything. Yeah, no, you, you can't uh, really help but get lost in some of the things that are going on inside your head. You've had a lot to think about. Mostly right now, just being uh, underappreciated and uh, been targeted. So You have been targeted, it's true. It is very true. Maeve, go ahead and make me a spot hidden roll. Okay. See if I can finally make one tonight, Maybe. right? Well, 72 out of 75. Um, you notice a another passenger on the ferry. 
uh, woman. She's probably in her mid-30s or so, give or take. Uh, she is dressed in a rather... Uh, you, you would say it's a mid, mid middle to upper class dress. Uh, it's emerald, kind of a dark emerald and black. Uh, she has a couple of gentlemen with her. They're fairly well dressed in suits. You catch her eye if only because you swear she was staring at you at least a moment ago. Like when you look over and you see her the two of you like lock eyes and while you're not necessarily one to be rude you're also not one necessarily to just back down from being looked at. Yeah, I would probably look and raise my eyebrow. And like... she doesn't break her gaze at all. And there's almost this very faint like smile that comes to her face just for a moment. And then your aloof staring contest breaks momentarily as a member of staff like places a drink in front of her. And then she goes back to talking and with the gentlemen that are at her table. She has a probably shoulder length hair, a little curly uh, at the end, mostly straight. It's done in a pretty common style. It's an American style. It's not a British or French style at all. Is she wearing any jewelry that oh, I yeah. notice? Stuff I would be interested in specifically? I don't know. What's your jewelry pleasure? Well, I mean, like, are there any symbols or anything that would catch my eye? No, it looks like most of her jewelry seems seems fairly mundane. I mean, she's wearing a, a nice necklace. She has a nice pair of, of earrings on. And she has rings and stuff like that, but it doesn't look like she's married. At least not in the traditional way, as far as being able to tell. Um, but she, there's something mysterious about her. There's something alluring. It's a very strange feeling you get. Does it look like these are gentlemen trying to get her attention? Or are, do they look like traveling companions? From like body language and stuff. Like is there the touching of the elbows as they talk? Is it? If we're talking about traditional social interactions in the 1920s, physical contact's a massive no-no if you don't if you're not with the person. Right. Um, at least in most social settings, people mm -hmm. are a little. At least in the U.S., people are, are way too bound up to be in line with that. But that said, uh, you're overseas now, and, and some of the social cues are a little bit different. They do not look like they are seeking her attention. She's talking to them on an equal playing field. And I think that might be what Maeve finds so alluring about it, is that she's not playing the you know, deer being chased after. She's mm -hmm. talking to them on her terms, and they seem to be regarding her as, as at least an equal. Are they at a table or like at the box? No, they're at a table. So there's four of them in total. There's her and then three of these gentlemen. They're dressed mm. in pretty common, um, well, not common, but but they're dressed in reasonably fine clothing. Hmm. I guess I'll just uh, not stare, but keep an eye on what's going on. Sure. And I'll probably order some wine. They have a fair amount of, uh, of wine available here on the ferry. Doctor, you're outside on the uh, the edge of the ferry here during this journey. Ooh. You notice, Doctor, the piece of the, sh the vessel here that Jack had noticed before. You notice that a section of the deck out front has been damaged and repaired. And it's, I mean, it's as big as a... It's, it's a vast area here that had been damaged. I look at the, um, Doc looks at the, the metal along the edge of where it was replaced, and in the crack between the, the wood decking and the metal parts, is there anything in, in the crevices, like, residue-wise, of maybe something that burned here, or, I don't know, splashed here, or exploded here? Are you, you'd have to go beyond the barrier to get there. Are you going to sneak under the barrier? Is anyone watching? Give me a luck roll. 
That's a 99 over 24. <laughs> so everyone's watching. People I haven't even met before are standing by me. What you doing? <laughs> no, Doctor, you don't see anybody watching. Oh, fantastic. I don't think I'm being watched. Excellent. Well, then, yeah, he um, kind of ducks under the railing a little and okay. leans out as... Uh, keeps his cane hooked on the rail so mm -hmm. that it's like an extra handhold. Sure. And yeah, lean out and see if he can get like a, just a sample on the end of his finger or something. He, he's curious so now. You, you reach out past the barrier and you reach your hand into this section of the deck and you realize that the paint here, while drying, is not necessarily up to snuff the the sea spray and salt may have not helped this paint cure very well uh, and as you kind of dig in a little bit with your fingertips you reveal that some of this wood has been charred like badly a fire on a fairy hmm and a large one interesting it looks like there are lines here it isn't just a fire. Something was burned into it? Something large. It's got to be ten feet around. Is it like a symbol? It might be. Now that I know what I'm looking for, can I give a little while that I can um, eventually trace it out and see if I can figure out roughly what the symbol is? You have to step over a little bit. You have to get closer. Oh, yeah. And that's when someone grabs your shoulder. Excuse me, sir. We, we've roped this area off. Please. What? Please uh, come come back over here. It's not safe there yet. Oh, I I'm sorry. I just I thought I saw something over in the water. There was was. Do you have dolphins about here? What is a very large fish or something? I don't know. I have to see. He helps you back in. He's a very large deckhand. Um, he, he's very careful and very polite, but he makes sure that you come back within the barrier line. But quite firm. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Um, well, I do not resist. I, I take his help and, you know, I thank sure. him for it. Dankeschön. Dankeschön. I sometimes I'm just too curious for my own good. You know, it's <laughs> curse of a traveler, I suppose. Of course. Thank you very much. I do, could, do, would you like to buy? Come on, I will buy you a drink. That's just my way of apologizing. Come on. Uh, I'm I'm working, sir. But thank you. Oh, right, wonderful. He uh, he helps you, opens the door for you to get back <laughs> into the <laughs> into the ferry proper inside. Um, Jack, you're okay. seeing the this go on. It looks rather strange. You're not sure what the doctor's up to. Well, he, I saw him uh, looking at that circle. I'm a little jealous because I want to look at it. But Doc comes in and takes a scan around the room to see if this is in here. Um, everybody's here, just not together. Is Maeve here? I mean, she's she's inside, but she's not sitting with the rest of them. She's oh well, yeah, that's okay. So I find where everyone else is, and then I look on the other side of the room. Is Maeve there? Yep, pretty much. Okay, fantastic. Uh, and I go over to the I go over and to the um, Maeve's table and just sit down. I squint my eyes and give you really bad side eye. I understand if you are upset with me, but I assure you, you have no reason to be. Uh-huh. Liebchen, have I ever lied to you before? Hmm? I have told you many tough truths, but I have never told you an easy falsehood, have I? Hmm? I'm not saying you have lied to me. Nor would I disparage you. In fact, I bring you something. Hmm? What's that? Well, I see you already have a glass of wine and a book, which I know you to be two of your more favorite things, but I bring one of your other favorite things. I bring you a puzzle. I sigh heavily. What? Well, I just happened to notice out on the front of the ship just now that there is a large area that has been repainted. And mm -hmm. he Holds up his finger with the, I'm assuming, white paint on the, on his finger. It was repainted because there was a fire, which in itself is, well, 
mildly interesting. However, what I have come to believe is something was burned into the deck of the boat, and it looks like a symbol of some sort. Ah, which brings me to you, Yarl Egyptian. How big is it? Oh, it's about, uh, he holds his arms out to the tips, about ten feet across. More than this, obviously, I'm not very tall. Is there an upper vantage point we could get to look down on it? I mean, if you were able to get to the command deck up top, you'd be able to. You might have to convince someone to give you a tour. I have an idea. I glance over at that lady. Mm-hmm. Is she still talking to... She's now entertaining a few more um, passers-by as well. She's become very popular, it seems. Hmm. All right. I'll make a note of that and get up and put my stuff in my satchel and follow the doctor. Which is as good a time to end as any. So uh, we will rejoin our little, um, you know, pleasure cruise, our maritime pleasure cruise to Calais. Uh, next week. So thank you all for joining us and we look forward to entertaining you again. 